Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Uh, welcome to the 12th episode of our second season podcast of Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Uh, Steve, uh, we have the Mariners and the Twins playing right now. They just finished the third game of a three-game series, and uh, you owe me another beer. We're five seconds into the podcast, and Mike is already <laughs> talking trash over there. But, uh, no, seriously, it's great to have you back. I, I know we... Uh, we had to rely on some pinch hitting while you were yep, gone. You got, uh, Joe and uh, Eric did a great job. Yep, yep. they they uh, they they uh, pinch hit admirably for you. And uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the Mariner Twin series that game last night. I know we had a little texting going back and <laughs> forth, and that was one I don't think anyone deserved to win. So it's yeah. a, probably appropriate the Mariners won that one. But yeah. uh, I think I think the the correct technical technical term for the way the twins played is bud ugly but i'm not sure about that pretty much i can think of another (laughs) term that's also the name of a hop uh, blend that we've come out with but uh, (laughs) but uh, hey it's good to have you back and uh we'll get into a little bit uh into the trip but uh it's good to have uh, uh rich on board as well yeah no uh well i was in i was in the uk last week and uh part of a little bit of a longer trip and out in the uh the hop fields of Kent, and uh, we were looking at some fuggo and talking with some of the growers over there, and uh, we got back and we said, we've got to find who's making a really good um, British-style beer, and one of our great customers, Sierra Blanca in New Mexico, uh, makes a terrific brown ale called Bone Chiller, and so we've got Rich on the line, who is the the owner and head brewer for um, Sierra Blanca. So, Rich, thanks very much for... Uh, joining us today, thank you for sending up some of this this really fantastic brown ale. Oh, thanks for having me, and uh, you're welcome for the beer. Yeah, that that uh, that beer did well. It's back to back medals, GABF 2012 and 2013, I think. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a really. I mean, we, you know, I was right there and had some good beers, but this is this beer you've got is just fantastic. Uh, how did you? Um, how did you start your, your your brewery, and then how did you um, decide to do a brown ale, and, and, and how did you end up with uh, creating such a good one? Well, um, one of my favorite beers way back in the day, and you said you were in England. So I actually went to England to, to find all the different brown ales I love. And uh, uh, Sam Smith out here was one of my favorites because that was mm-hmm. the one you could get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then in 1987, I went to... To England just to kind of tour around and I remember you know trying to find all these great beers on cask and draft and, and uh, I remember I had to rent a car to go to the Lake District to find old peculiar uh, <laughs> certain beers I absolutely loved like you can't get that in draft in London like, where, where can I get it yeah. right so yeah and uh, so brown ale was one of the first beers I brewed um, Back in uh, 19, I, I always joke, it was April of 1996 when we started brewing beer. And the reason I remember that is because my first T-shirt said, Brewers have fine crafted beer since April. And, uh, <laughs> Love it. And so, so, yeah, so the Brown Ale was one of my favorites. And, that, and one, one we started with, back then it was the Sierra Blanca Brown Ale. Now we've kind of you know, changed labels a few times. And, uh, and now it is the Bone Chiller. Uh, brown ale yeah it's it's a great beer i know i kind of i'm kind of an ipa guy now i think i've kind of gravitated towards that naturally being in the hop industry but uh originally i was a huge brown ale fan Mm -hmm. and uh you know pete's wicked ale was was one of my early favorites Mm -hmm. and and then uh moose drool from Mm -hmm. uh from montana became uh, 
a favorite, but th this is outstanding, Rich. It's really good. I've got my hands around it trying to warm it up a little bit so I can really <laughs> yeah, get yeah, that full that full experience, yeah. you know, of a, of a British uh, good British ale. But uh, uh, it's it's a very nice beer, and, and uh, I, I think you sent up a couple of batches, to, uh, two different batches, yeah. and. Uh, We've started with the batch that you brewed a while back, and I can't imagine the fresher batch being better than this because this is really, really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the fresher one, <clears throat> what I noticed, and that's why we did that, the fresh one, you get a little bit more uh, aromatic, a little bit more hint of actually nuttiness in the finish mm -hmm. on the fresher one, whereas when they get a little older, everything kind of morphs and uh, pulls together, and, and so you get your... your a blended flavor versus mm -hmm. a little more separation of flavors when it's right out of the... We literally bottled it when you guys called. <laughs> we oh, took it off the line and, and sent it to you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have... Uh, do you have uh, how well does this sell uh, for, you, for you, Rich, uh, in, in New Mexico? And then uh, maybe tell us a little bit more about your distribution. Uh, are, do you get into California as well or, or down no, to Arizona? Or? We do a little bit in Arizona with some styles. Um, we do... Mostly New Mexico is our biggest market, and mm -hmm. then I do a little bit of Oklahoma as well. Okay. And and um, uh, certain, you know, it's in, well, you know the industry. It's getting tougher to get in and out of states with the extra taxes and shipping charges mm -hmm. and trying to stay relevant. So we have certain beers that do well. Uh, our flagship is the mm -hmm. Amber Ale, the Alien Amber. That's, that's a big one. Um, Bone Chiller is a very steady seller, and it's, and it's amazing here, too, because it's steady year-round. It's not like a winter beer that it, it picks up in the winter. It, it sells great on draft. We have uh, multiple restaurants out here. Um, so it does well. I think it's number four or five. But I make, I, I'm, I make on a regular basis about 20 styles of beer. Yeah, so, I mean, we went through your website, obviously, but, you've, yeah, you've got the whole uh, gamut of styles and varieties that you're doing there, and, and obviously you've got to do that now to survive as, as a brewer. Um, did you mention yeah, your yeah. Did you mention your beer is Alien Amber? Is that what you said? Yeah, Alien Amber. That's our, yep. that's, oh. that's our big one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's it. Uh, matter of fact, we just, came, we just came out with Alien IPA, which is... Uh, oh. uh, you know, a lot of stuff we got from you guys. It's, uh, oh, good. It, well, you can tell that the original name of it on top over here was El Sitmo, which was El Dorado <laughs> Citra and Mosaic. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that a good a name in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That alien IPA, that sounds out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it took, it took me 15 years to come up with Take Me to Your Leader, L-I-T-E-R. <laughs> You know, last week when I was uh, when we were in Kent and we were in uh, um, Tunbridge Wells and, and that area, mm -hmm. and so we went to a couple of different um, pubs around there, and they're making some cask ales now, but they're dry hopping. Yeah, which is really was really an interesting uh, variation, right? And so, uh, have you, you you went back? You said, Rich, uh, you were there quite a while ago. Have you gone back, or you played around now at all with any of the uh, the British hops and? Do you do any cask ale? Is there a market for that in New Mexico, or do you, have you we, played you know around what? with we it? Did, we did uh, a couple of uh, years with casks, and it just kind of it, it, the it, the pull through wasn't here mm -hmm. at our places. Um, it's funny; I have a cask sitting right next to my desk. I did two years ago, which was a uh, wild turkey stout aged in wild turkey barrels uh, with, and I. 
and I cast it with Hershey's chocolate. And it's, it's been sitting <laughs> nice. here for two years. Nice. We're, yeah. we're all going, we need to try this one, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I've done, I've, we did quite a few with the hops in the little uh, bags. And we, it was great. I don't know if you guys ever seen this but we take the you have these little hop nets and you put your hops in and then you have to put stainless steel parts in it to, to sink to it hold to the it bottom down. of the yeah. cask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so we did we did quite a bit of that and i you know i really enjoyed cast condition over there i, mean, mm-hmm. I, I really yeah. liked it I've, but I'm, in new mexico i don't know if it's just because it's a hotter climate um you know certain areas can get away with it but where we are it doesn't seem to, to fly yeah well, we had, uh, which is unfortunate for me. Yeah, I mean, have you used other um, British hops besides uh, Fuggle, or do you use any of them right now in a, on any kind of consistent basis? Oh, yeah, basis? yeah, we use, yeah, yeah, we use the Kent Coldings. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, some of the, the U.S. version as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm actually on my computer now. I was just, I, I was just working on hops when you, when you, guys, when mm-hmm. you guys called. I was talking... Talking about the days when I started and when you needed hops, you would make a phone call and go, uh, send me a box of this. It's really become challenging now because you don't know what's going to work down the road. Yeah. Well, you know you can go online now, at least with us, on our website. And uh, our e-commerce site is up and running in the United States. And uh, you obviously have an account with us. And if you... I mean, you can plug in. You can order spot hops. You get it delivered. Uh, you know the the next day, basically. Mm-hmm. So it, we're trying to make it easier because we know how busy <laughs> brewers are, and you don't always find time to sit down. And it's certainly not always from nine to five. And so we're trying to make it as easy as we yeah. can. And then we've got Mike. We've got a great relationship with English Hops Limited. Uh, they're a grower-owned group, uh, just like us, only yep. in England. And uh, we've got a great relationship with them. Actually, I had a phone call with some of my English friends this morning just talking about the crop and, and yeah. uh, uh, how we can collaborate to uh, uh, make sure our customers have yeah, access. Yeah, we had a, had a great time with them last week. It was my first time visiting them. You've done it many times mm-hmm. now. But, uh, you know, the, the, the focus they're putting on quality right now and, and, um, and, and trying to do everything they can to deliver as well a great quality uh, hop to their customers. And, and we... We source quite a quite a few for the United States market, and uh, but I, they're they're great guys. It's a young, uh, you know, the the it's a young group and uh, focused on how like like our growers. How do you mm-hmm. build up sustainable hop farms in the UK in the same way we think about it from uh, from a US perspective? But yeah. a really good group of people, and it was a yep. real pleasure to meet them last week. Yeah. Do you, uh, Rich? Do you use any? Um Endeavor hops from the UK, or is it, or mostly the traditional uh, Fuggles and East Kent Goldings and that type of thing? Yeah, I, you know, those are the two two primaries I use. Um, I've been I, our brewery is not noted for IPAs, and mm-hmm. everyone's saying you got it, you got it, you got it. And I did back in when we first started '99, or you know, later, a little into it. I did a traditional. English IPA, mm-hmm. um, and you know it was just as much malt as it was hops. Sure, I love yep. the beer, but it's just you know the, the market definitely went the other way. So now with the uh, Alien IPA, we've we've been focusing on that, and then I'm actually working on. I don't know if you guys saw we do a green chili beer. Nice mm. that we are quite noted for here. Yep, cool. Um, and. Yeah, it's a, it's a good beer. It's a slow. Ro- it's a, a roasted chili, not a hot chili. Um, matter of fact, we 
every you know Bend, Oregon does a competition every year. Yeah, yep. sure. That's take take that beer's taken gold for years. Over nice. There. Oh, nice. Yep. yep. Congratulations. Yeah. If you do a green yeah, chili so beer, you gotta you gotta cool off with a bone chiller, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what we found out from our customers is they bring in clamato and lime. Oh yeah. And started doing the chiladas. <laughs> yeah, so okay. now we've been working with a drink lab to figure out a way to stabilize this in, in the bottle. Yep. That's our next beer right now. I've, I've got to ask you, your your design for your bone chiller uh, with the uh, skeleton riding a skeleton horse <laughs> surrounded by ice, Is that does that predate Game of Thrones or is uh... <laughs> Yeah, it actually does. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, looks that, like, the, what? what's the guy's name, the Night King or the, 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 the evil dude up there? I can't remember, uh, whatever. <laughs> asking the wrong guy. Yeah. I, have no idea. Yeah, it's a great it's a great scene though. But uh, no, I looked at it and I'm thinking Game of Thrones. Oh, that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, did, it actually does predate it. But we we had a competition for our Alien Stout label in Albuquerque with all local artists. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy won the competition with the with the Alien Skull. And then we were redesigning the Sun Chaser and Bone Chiller. And he came up with those ideas. So uh-huh. He ended up like working for us. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we understand, Rich. Uh, you're 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 not originally from New Mexico. You're from you're you're from the Bronx, correct? I am. So, growing up, uh, what what uh, what era of Yankees teams were you uh, following when you were a kid? I mean, were they uh, who were the players, and what uh, what what time was that? Um... Oh, that was well, 1977. Thurman Munson, team captain. Chris Chambliss, you know, Ro- Reggie Jackson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Goose Gossage, Roy White. Oh, they had some the great Goose, teams back yeah. then. Yeah. They used Louisiana to they used to they used to fight each other all the time in the dugout, but they had good teams. <laughs> and those were the best commercials, weren't they? <laughs> exactly. With, with Billy Martin and Catfish Hunter and Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back back yeah. before George started banning all of their facial hair, I think he said maybe that's the disciplinary action we need to have or something. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, we, as a matter of fact, I was just there not long ago, uh, last season, we went in for a game, I took my son over there, and we, we had a, uh, a Bronx Pale Ales. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. When, when yeah. did you, uh, when did you move out to New Mexico? I moved here in 1995. Okay, so you, yeah, you, you have a lot of uh, heart and soul back in New York there. Let's the Yankees are doing still really well this year for all of the injuries well, they've had. Be- before we talk about today's Yankees, why don't we talk about 1995? <laughs> <laughs> You're just a glutton over there, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> Uh, that was the only year that we actually, I think, beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah. That, uh, had that uh, comeback, but... Uh, no, they for for having yeah you're right, Mike. For having all the injuries they have this year, they've uh, hung in there, and they they've got to be the favorites in the East, I would think. I think so too. I mean, uh, you know, they'll get players back, but it also is it, to be fair to the Yankees, and 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 normally, Rich, Steve, and I curse the Yankees just because uh, <laughs> Steve's a Mariners fan and I'm a Twins fan, and we've been abused by the uh, the Yankees uh, our entire lives. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they, they clearly have a good farm system in place to they bring do. in these guys as replacements uh, to take care of the injuries. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been amazing. I mean, everyone's nervous about the other guys coming back. They're like, <laughs> yeah. stay there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was, I was listening to, uh, they interviewed uh, Judge the other day, and he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm glad the guys are doing good because a lot of times what happens is these guys rush their injuries. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and he said, you know what? He said, I can 
get to 100% and then get back in the yeah, game. That's a good point. Yep. Very good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's good. My, my, I got a game to go to tonight. Both my kids are ball players. <laughs> nice. Uh, what what, uh, what ages and what positions? I have I have a 16-year-old that, that pretty much plays any position, mm-hmm. and then a 12-year-old who is second base. Nice. Okay. Those are good ages yet. Uh, is baseball – I should know this. Are you in uh, Albuquerque or Santa Fe? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Albuquerque. They play in uh, – we're in what's called the East Mountains, so we're the east side of Albuquerque. So – kind of the, what they call the rolling foothills. You get to go watch the um, isotopes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Saturday night we have our company uh, party at the isotopes game. There you go. You know what? It is a beautiful AAA stadium. It yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. I, and we I, make we make Slam and Amber and AAA Blonde for the stadium. Oh, nice. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I know I, I go down to spring training every year, Rich, and because the isotopes are farm team for the Rockies, I believe. Who, who play down Correct. in the yeah. Scottsdale area. So you see lots of people wearing isotopes uh, jerseys down nice. there. Yep. It's just, just kind of one of the fun yeah. parts of spring training. They run hot and cold is their problem, <laughs> though, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, is, is baseball uh, a, a popular sport in Albuquerque, or is it, is, is it more soccer or just a mix of everything there? What no, the, I mean, baseball is the big uh, – as far as like family thing, the kids playing baseball is definitely huge. Um, as far as sports spectating, uh, basketball is crazy because mm. they have that pit stadium. Okay. So everyone loves the Lobos, and so it's yep. definitely uh, a basketball town in that sense. They mm-hmm. just love their basketball games. But I mean, you well, you see, we got you guys got Bregman on the Astros. He's from Albuquerque. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Matt Moore. Matt Moore is actually from the town I brew in, Moriarty, New Mexico, a town mm-hmm. of 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So, you know, one of the pitchers that, that's out there. We, we had uh, two pitchers from, uh, sorry, one pitcher, and I forget what Carl uh, Banks was. But we had two guys playing majors from Moriarty, New Mexico, hmm. which is kind of amazing for that's a town of 5,000. pretty cool. Nope, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so, had one of my colleagues tell me there's the, what do they call it, the World Bowl or the – this, what's a soccer tournament that they have? World Cup. World Cup that uh, yeah. the ladies are playing in right now. And I guess the United States has a pretty decent team. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, I saw they, they, they destroyed Thailand the other night 13-0. <laughs> so yeah. that sounds like a youth wow. youth team uh, game. But, yeah, uh, yeah that, uh, not a World Cup. In baseball, we that call it. like a soccer score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How 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 is the overall uh, craft beer scene in New Mexico? I I see our own volumes because we break things down by geography, and I see we've had a pretty substantial increase in in shipments in the last couple of years uh, overall for the entire state. And um, what what are you seeing there, Rich? Oh yeah, the growth. Uh, a lot of tap rooms, you know, smaller systems uh, with tap rooms and pubs. Uh, they have a they have a law here that you know every brewery can open three tap rooms. So, so you can open three, and then can you do your own distribution, or do you have to go through an existing? No, you can bring it. You can bring them. You you can distri- self distribute to your to your own location. Okay, mm-hmm. but can you do that uh, through uh, you know retail groceries and things like that, or just within you, that three? You you can you can buy a wholesaler's license and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tr- trying to get into these chains is tough. Uh, yeah. You know, the cloud of the of the big players. Mm-hmm. 
it's definitely a tough thing to do. I mean, I'm one of the older guys, so I'm kind of seeing, you know, I'm like stable. My growth is, I'm not seeing the big growth that the younger guys are seeing. We're mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. have a market. and uh, But now we're seeing, like one brewery just came out with a style that's going through the roof, and all the other breweries that had styles similar are just tanking. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's, it's like everyone's trying to, you know, come out with the next lightning in a bottle. Yeah, no, it's a challenge right now for for an individual brewery. It's a challenge overall from our side. We're kind of, you know, it's just it's still growing, but it's uh, it's tough, tough for uh, individuals. Yeah, we've um, um, from from a, a standpoint of uh, growth. I mean, I we do about ten thousand barrels of beer a year here. My my objective was not to really be a big brewery and grow. Uh, to a to a giant brewery, kind of ten to fifteen thousand was our goal, and so what we did in the last three years is we brought in a really high quality. You know, we brought in the Prospero guy bottling mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. lowest lowest air pickups. Mm-hmm. You know, we started chasing oxygen everywhere. We started just working on just QC stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems to have worked out. We have a very very good loyal base, and then the other thing we did here was we brought in a bunch of uh, soda contracts. Oh, nice. Oh. Keep it running. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We just we just did one for you guys out in California called uh, "Make America Grape Again." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 very good soda. <laughs> if everybody was wearing that, we'd have a lot less animosity in the world. You know. So. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Purple hats, right? They got to be right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we do. We do. We do Route 66 sodas. We do quite a few, a few different beverages here. Uh, we did the old. I don't know if you guys remember Bubble Up and that. Oh, and sure, all that. sure. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of, kind of just made sure the guys had work and uh, the equipment was continuing to move, and uh, it's worked out quite well. Yeah. Well, Steve and I remember uh, Reggie Jackson and the straw that stirs the drink and all of that. So. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Number 44. Yeah. And <laughs> I was telling my son the other day when we used to sit out in right field when Dave Winfield was out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hollering to him. Yeah, that was, oh, that was so much fun. I, was, I, I tell my first memory, at, my first memory at five was a night game, walking out and seeing everything lit up between the, the seats in, at a night game. It was like the first thing I remember when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah that, that, the old that, those are also the days where if if you if you wanted to collect some insurance money, you'd drive your car to, to the Yankee Stadium and leave it out in the parking lot overnight. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, they'd be gone. Yeah, they'd be gone exactly. <laughs> so we had. So did you watch like in the mid '60s to late '60s? Were you a kid watching games then, Rich? Um, I probably started watching in the early '70s. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you were at the tail end of uh, I mean, Mickey Mantle and Bobby Burton. I, I went, I went to games when I was five and six years old, so, yeah. so yeah. that would have been like 69, 70. Yeah. We had when a local local guy here, Mel Stottlemyre, that just passed sure. away recently. That, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a Yankee legend. and uh, Yeah, uh, sure nice. was. He, he grew up actually in Mapton, just yeah. down the road here, in just a little small town of a you know, few hundred people. Yeah. And, uh, just uh, you couldn't imagine a, a nicer uh, human being than Mel Stottlemyre. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, watching him. Yeah, I remember him. hearing his name a lot back in the toward the end, like Phil Rizzuto days. And yep. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, Phil was still announcing when I was a kid. He 
seen those for quite a while. Yep. I think Phil Rizzuto's best announcing took place on uh, the meatloaf record Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. So. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that lives forever. <laughs> That's right. One of the great songs, underrated songs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well, Rich, thank you so much uh, for, for spending a half hour with us here. We really appreciate it. Um, thanks for sending the beer. It is a, it's a great uh, example of a Fuggle beer, and uh, we, we wish you nothing um, but uh, good success with your, with your brewery there. Yep. Well, well, thanks for having me, guys. I enjoyed it. Yep. Whether you're brewing beer or uh, watching baseball, we wish you nothing but good hops, and that includes good Fuggles. Thank you. Enjoy talking to you. Steve, um, uh, you were out driving around a little bit yesterday here in the valley. Uh, you know, let's talk about the babies a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we theorized because we had such a late spring. You know, we had snow on the ground here in the valley until like the 20th of March uh, that uh, it would be a challenge getting the roots dug and getting them planted in a timely manner to ensure a, a decent crop. And uh, so far... Uh, it looks like uh, it's going to be a very challenging baby year yeah. uh, here with the crop. Um, we're, uh, a, a, because of the uh, late season, a lot of the uh, roots were propagated via the, the green cutting method. So mm -hmm. they were potted plants instead of the roots. And normally it's about 70% roots, 30% pots. And this year it was 70% pots, 30% roots. And uh, there's starting to come out of we should have close to a 100 degree day today and mm -hmm. it looks like everything's wet uh, that could kind of get them into a growth mode but yep. especially with citra uh, they kind of want to sit there in a little rosette and just not do much uh, and uh, so we're, we're going to keep an eye on the situation uh, the good news is the uh, mature uh, crops here in the valley uh looks maybe a little above normal to mm -hmm. this point. Uh, yep. We're still early. Yep. Uh, another positive is uh, our friends down in Idaho were able to get onto their yards in a more normal fashion, and, yep. and the babies down there look uh, quite a bit better than they do up here. So yep. we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and uh, keep our listeners appraised of uh, where we're at as the season goes on. Yeah, it's June. It's like baseball. There's right. uh, about a third done and two-thirds to go. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. But we've... We have uh, made the decision because the sales have been pretty good for some of the more popular varieties to uh, suspend further sales of our Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, Sabros uh, because of the a little bit of the concern around the baby yields and also because we don't want to oversell this. We don't ever sure. want to get back into a position where we've uh, made a contract with somebody and can't deliver. So. We're gonna we're gonna stop selling those until we get through to harvest and see where the final yields come in for everything, uh, and um, you know it's because these hops are well demanded and so we don't want to um, be in a position where we can't deliver to somebody if they're expecting it, you know. And there's a st still a few other varieties that they can choose from, and of course uh, they can certainly still contract for 2020 and get that kind of lined up mm -hmm. to make sure they've got it. But we've been. Yep. We've been telling our customers for several months now that these things are going to be tight, even though we've got some expanded acreage, simply because the demand for uh, hoppy beers continues to grow around the world. So, yeah. Well, and they're, they're an agricultural crop, very subject to weather, yep. and we're seeing that this year as well. So, yep. um, 
Well, I, we'll see what happens. Like you say, we're early, and we'll see what uh, happens with next year and and uh, uh, our next week, I mean, and uh, we'll go from there. Yep. Good to have you back, Mike, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Yep, and, uh, yeah, another beer will be really good, Steve. <laughs> <laughs>